Hello everybody, welcome back to Season 4 of A Couple Friends with No Class. On today's episode, some of our cast members share some stories. Our primary cast today being myself, Costa, and Sid, who as of tomorrow will be being honored as a marching band drum major, outgoing senior. And we will be sad to see them go. But yeah, so it's story time today. Let's check out some stories from people. And just enjoy the episode. Very relaxing, very laid back. Good stuff to hear. Welcome back to Couple of Friends with No Class. Today, Jason and I are here with Sid. Uh, Hello. And my mom here in a little bit. Um, and we're... To clarify, uh, we're not here with Close's mother. Yeah, no. Close's mother's going to call in. My mom is going to call in, yeah. And we're uh, swapping some funky, fresh, crazy stories. Yeah, some narratives. Um, we'll hear from Jesse later. Um, or before his, now, depending on how I edit this. Yeah, depending on how editor Jason. I feel as though editor God. Jason. Well, you know what? Let's put them right here. We've kind okay. of introduced them, so here we go. Here is Jesse's tale of the Mormons and a tale of Ella being the most popular person on campus. All right, so I'm about to text back the missionaries from the Church of Latter Day Saints, and I have a, I have an idea. So when I'm on Grinder, I have a script that I follow. Scared of what I ask people for, and I think I should text them as if I met them on Grindr. I'm gonna start by saying pics with a question mark. No! Jesse, Why is that the first thing you say? Jesse, <laughs> for once, can you be respectful? Oh, Jesse, you, respectful. You, to wait, that be the audio files. file from the beginning? Just Honestly, like yes, but for later. Oh, yeah. Jesse, we, we just got stopped um, by Mormons. I'm good. And they asked if they wanted anyone, like, if they knew anyone that wanted to, like, follow Christ or whatever. So, um, uh, Calista was like, oh, there's actually a guy in Winchester that, um, is interested. And so, um, I got their number. And that's what I texted to you. So you should... Okay. We should do a podcast episode where it's just me reading grinder messages. Because some well, of them... because I thought you were going to be able to dye my hair. Oh, wait, what should I text them back? How can we help you? Callie, what, Callie, what should I text them? They said, how can we help you? Uh, say, my friends ran into you the other night. I'm just saying, my friends ran into you the other day and gave me your number. I wanted to know more about the church. I want them to have hope. That I'm gonna con- should I actually just sign up for the church? Please don't. Why not? Wait, because you're gonna end up trying to fuck one of the Mormons. No, Mormons are ugly. Gonna- if you are a Mormon viewer or listener, I apologize. No, I don't. That's I don't. a lie. Mormons are not listening. I actually to this. feel bad. Yeah, they are. Hello. We've been walking around campus for a few minutes. We went to FOD. We walked like over here to Sheffield from FOD, and like there's like a person and like Ella is a campus celebrity, um, because like. People are just popping their heads out of windows. Someone literally yelled down, hey, it's me from physics. And I was like, oh my gosh, hi. And now we're chatting with Rebecca, who apparently lives on this first floor. We, we were thinking about where uh, Rebecca actually lived, um, but turns out it's right here on the first floor. And um, <laughs> she just stuck her head around the corner and and now we're talking to her. Ella's talking to a whole crowd of people over here. And she was talking about an FOD. Ella's transferring schools. Anyway, but it's like a who's who of who's here. It's really crazy. Anyway. And we're back. 
<laughs> and we're back. All right, I'm gonna call my mom. Okay, I'm gonna pull up my little list of things speaker. I said. These could be things I could talk about for the story time podcast. Yo, y'all story time. prepared for this? My mom has an embarrassing story of me from back in the day. This is one of many, by the way. Hi, you're on speaker. So are you for the internet? I'm calling you for the podcast. Oh crap. <laughs> about the podcast and I have one kid who reached out to me because he doesn't know what assignments to do. He wants to know what to do in social studies. You don't teach that. No, shit. <laughs> My mom's a teacher for those at home listening. Okay, so the story that I called for you to tell about is um, the popcorn kernel story because we mentioned it back in, well, I mentioned it back in season two um, when we were goofing off about talking about food i i had mentioned the popcorn kernel story jimmy funky food story i stuck a popcorn kernel on my nose once okay Calista. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell you that <laughs> this is also one of my mom's favorite stories to tell about me i was actually thinking about calling aunt kim so you want the popcorn kernel story yeah you can tell the popcorn kernel story mom we want the whole full setting and everything, too, to get the big picture. Sure, Mom. Okay. So, I was six months pregnant with Callie's brother, and her dad was getting ready to leave on his two weeks duty overseas. Her dad was still at the airport. I had strep throat and was pregnant, and I was, like, all in my pajamas. It was the middle of the afternoon. I was like, yes, we can just all sit here and just be done for the day. Madam there says she wants popcorn. All right, no big deal. So I made popcorn, gave the kid the popcorn, and this would have been, you would have been about two. Gave the kids some popcorn. I'm in the kitchen and just, like, cleaning up, whatever. And she comes in and she goes, Mommy, Mommy. And I was like, yes. She goes, Mommy, I got popcorn up my nose. I went, no, you don't. And she goes, yes, mommy. Mommy, I got popcorn up my nose. That sounds like Callista already. And yeah. I looked at her, and sure enough, she has a popcorn kernel stuck up her nose. So I was like, so I tried to get it out of her nose, but it, it felt like it was going further up. So I took her to the emergency room. Get to the emergency room. We go through the whole, all the little lines and everything. We get triaged. We're not number one on the list because when we get to the emergency room at like three o'clock in the afternoon, there's a, another kid there that was playing baseball in the backyard with his cousins and he got hit in the head with a baseball bat. So he won. He was further up the list to be seen. And then there was a there was a domestic dispute and somebody got um, injured in the domestic dispute. So which I believe was actually a knife wound. So that person beat us in the line too. And then there was a guy that was doing some kind of work and he um, had accidentally cut off one of his fingers and came in with a little lunch pail thing with ice and the finger. And um, so he was up there on the list too. So we ended up sitting in the emergency room just watching like Scooby-Doo and everything. And I just keep watching her because to make sure she's not making anything worse. And instead she's playing the role of um, hostess and she's just welcoming people to the emergency room waiting room. (laughs) Hours and hours and hours and hours go by, like six hours go by and she sneezes and it comes halfway out of her nose. And I was like, don't sniffle, don't sniffle, don't sniffle, don't sniffle. And I grabbed her and pinched her nose so that she couldn't. And we got the popcorn kernel out and then I made her (laughs) And she's like, I feel better now. Can we go home? I was like, yes, yes, we are going to go home. But first, you have to apologize to everybody and tell them that you're never going to stick anything up your nose again. So she went around the emergency room, told everybody that she stuck a popcorn kernel up her nose, but she promised she would never do it again. And then we went and she told the security guard and the insurance people and all the people at the triage desk. And then we went home. So by the time we got home, this whole thing started at like three o'clock in the afternoon. By the time we got home, it was like 10, 1030 at night. And I was like, we're done. We're never leaving the house again. And you can't eat popcorn for like ever. That's the popcorn story. Oh, thank you very yeah, much. That's thank one. That, that's actually one of my first memories. The emergency room with the popcorn kernels. Being a hostess. Yeah, specifically the sneezing the popcorn kernel out of my nose. The yeah. long booger that like came out of my nose that was attached to the popcorn kernel. Oh yeah, because you, gross. 
<laughs> wonderful thank you because you wiped it off because i remember because you didn't just like hold my nose and squeeze it i remember you dragging me to the bathroom by my nose well because the popcorn curtain was like out of your nose and we were going to be able to get rid of it and we were going to have to go see the doctor and do all that other crazy stuff and because you know by the time we got done there because on our way out there were two more ambulances pulling up where we left yeah, I remember I the guy's I finger. You sat next to him and talked to him. I remember trying to touch it. And yes. You yelled at me yes. for trying to touch it, and he was like, oh, do you want to see it? Is it okay if yes. she sees it? Yes, that's exactly how that rolled. I didn't care if you saw it, but you weren't touching it. I don't know where that finger had been. But off his hand. Yeah. <laughs> off his hand, yeah. Well, other than his hand, I don't know where it was before that. <laughs> And I don't know what tool he was using that managed to cut off his finger. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I blame your father for it all because every dumb stunt any of you have ever pulled has been when he was gone. No, the marble thing he was there for. No, he wasn't. He was there. I swear to God he was but there for Preston's marble. No, no, not the marble. Yeah. He missed the pennies. He missed the haircut. He missed... The haircut? When I oh, cut... Which one? you remember your haircut? Oh, when I cut my hair. hair in school? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I like, look, Mom, I'm so pretty. I cut my hair, yes. That, that was a good one. Big chunk out of the back of your head, yes. Well, it quickly by, I wanted my hair cut for pictures. Well, I cut it because you weren't going to take me to get it cut. No, so you I did cut it myself. It. Right. And, and then, you, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. You cut it. You never talked to me about wanting to get your hair cut for uh. pictures. You just cut your hair, and you were like four. And then you were, when you got home, I asked you why, and you said, well, I wanted my hair cut. I didn't think you'd take me. I said, if you had asked me, I would have. I said, That's but you're right. Conversation now is. I'm not taking you. And you were like, but picture these tomorrow. I said, you should have thought about that before you cut the chunk out of the back of your head. That picture is hanging up in my living room darn right it was, it it was. was for a while yeah it was, yeah it's hey it could have been the one with the black eye you don't remember that one there are a lot of pictures like that oh yes i have a picture with, you've all had a black eye in your school pictures at least once i think you were too though yours was when you were younger yeah yeah i, I, I also think you were too when you were younger yeah. yeah there's also the story of my first word yeah, no, we, we don't need to do that one. No, you no. can actually share that one. The, the... You like that one? Yeah, hey, there's no I... filter. Well, that wasn't too bad because that for one me. was kind of filtered. At least it wasn't yeah. an F-bomb. My we, first we have... word was shit. Why does it that totally not was. surprise me at all? Good. <laughs> Thanks, Sid. You're welcome. Sid's <laughs> response was, why doesn't that surprise me? I heard. Yeah. yeah. And it was literally seconds before I said it. <laughs> we were training my dog. Well, the oh. dog, to put this in context, the dog was a border collie mix mm. so she had hurting tendencies and would try to hurt Kelly and ah, like take care of her and keep her safe and so we were training the dog to wait at like the street corner mm. when we were walking so the one like the one and only distractor was Callie and so her dad had her on the other side of the um street and I had the dog and I was, we were training the dog to sit and wait before crossing the street. And so, but she was fighting and fussing with me. And Callie turned around and looked behind and saw me fussing with the dog. And she goes, oh, shit, right <laughs> before I did. Yeah. yeah. And Boots, like, run across the street? No. Or something? She and I had a conversation, and I said, shit, sit down. And she did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the good, official, good stories. Yeah, yeah. The one that went in the baby book was my second word, though. Yes, I don't remember what that was. Wasn't it like dad, dad? It was yeah, dad. I no, it wasn't dad, dad. It was dad. Home. Yeah. Yeah, because dad wasn't even home, and um, you were talking, <laughs> and Grammy heard you on the phone. Yes, I'm probably gonna call Javette in a little bit too, because Javette's got some good stories. I have a good one about the two of you and that stupid snake at daycare. Do you remember that one? Yes, I remember the snake at daycare, Mom. <laughs> All the daycare people. Again, why this is... It's a miracle this child, like, made it. <laughs> this is a good Callista lore episode. <laughs> she was at daycare, and she was hanging out with her friend, and they were probably... Well, I was pregnant, so they had to be two. 
So they were um, they were out on the playground, and the daycare teachers were like, there's a snake over there. There's a snake over there. I was like, okay, whatever. And I'm looking around the playground, and the two kids I can't find on the playground were Callie and her pal, Javet. I'm looking around, and the daycare teachers are like, there's a snake over there, and they're trying to get, they were trying to corral the kids, and of course. No, they corralled all the other kids, because there was that cement slab. They corralled everybody on that cement slab by the door. You and Javette were like, no, and you didn't, and you went to play with the snake. So these two idiots are like two, and they're crawling through the playground trying to get to the snake. And I'm like, oh, my God. And so, of course, I'm pregnant, so I'm like six months pregnant, just came home from work, still in my work clothes and all of that, go to go get the kid, and I have to crawl around on the playground to not only get the kid, but to get rid of the snake. Six months pregnant, looked like I swallowed a basketball, crawling around on the playground. We tried to pet it. We got yelled at. And then my mom literally just bent over, grabbed the snake, and threw it over the fence. Mm-hmm. Yep, the two of you were constantly sticking the gravel from your the playground in your pockets. Every kid or- has a rock collection, Mom. Not no. gravel. The two of you used to have the elastic around the legs at the bottom, and you would drop it into the butt in your pant legs. That's innovative. Don't collect gravel as a child, but that's a pretty innovative way to it collect a lot like, of gravel. No, it wasn't like in my pockets. Like I would stick it yeah, down. Yeah, you would. No, no, it was. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. It was like pull the waistband out and drop fistfuls down each leg. Dropping <laughs> gravel down your pants. Well, here's the thing, Mom. I don't think we did it to ourselves i think well, i'm pretty sure you did it to each other <laughs> yeah i think i grabbed like a handful of gravel and stuck it in threw it down javette's pants and then javette would yeah. pick up a handful and throw it down my pants interesting Apparently, playground activities like, you, should, you should name this episode um birth control because all of these stupid things will make people not want to have children thank you mom we're i'm gonna let you go yes thank you Calista's mom Love you, Mom. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Wonderful. Uh, interesting. <laughs> interesting dude. Yeah. Just yeah. a little tidbit of my childhood. And that's just the shit she knows about. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right. Well, that's cool. That's stories from Callista's mother. Um, oh, I can actually... There's so many more knobs I can twist now to do so many more different things. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> Hang on. I got to twist some knobs here. We got to do some audio leveling. And I can do that now because I got a cool new soundboard. No. Callista. No? <laughs> Callista, don't do that. Do what? What am I doing? I see you over there. I can smell you. Well, I think for now we'll do some stories from the room. And then maybe we can can call another guest later. Uh, Because I think Sid and I are itching to do some podcast talking. Yes, you guys should. Um, So, I mean, I'll start with a story over here. Sid's like, we didn't really prepare for it. I just wrote wrote down some things where I'm like, what's a story I can tell? So when I thought of some things, I'm like, oh, I can put that down. Maybe I can talk about that. But there's one here that I'll, I'll, um, I'll pick out to start. Um, and then, um, we'll see where we go from there. Um, but my first little story is that, um, every year I would go to summer camp in the Boy Scouts and every year, I think it was like on, um, Tuesday of like the week, it would downpour rain. Now, one thing, one thing if it just rained calmly, it, it poured, we call it like the monsoon, we call it like the monsoon uh, every year. Cause it was at Camp Yagu. It's like on the uh, Rhode Island and Connecticut line because you can walk into Connecticut. It's in Rhode Island, but you can walk to Connecticut from there while well, still being in campus, uh, campus property, camp property. Um, so to go over there um, and be there for the whole week, it's a, you know, we do all sorts of merit badges and stuff. My first year there, I did seven merit badges and there's about five slots in every single day for a merit badge. And this is my first year there because there's some merit badges that are like, go be there at this time, leave at this time, you're here for the class. There's other ones that are like as needed. So kind of do whatever you want. So kind of difference between like, an actual class and like an asynchronous class we used to do it in the week so that's it, 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 it's, it's strangely prepared for college be like oh book a class do your homework one of my one of my marriages i did at yagu was environmental science and i'm currently doing the environmental science marriage batch here but that's a whole nother story where our i think i may have already mentioned it how our professor for environmental science uh took us on a nature walk and then got lost in the woods huh yeah we passed the egg because we were supposed to go down down this little path and then kind of trailblaze our own way back to, like to the orange campus that's where the trail was um, and apparently they had already done it in a different class, but then we walked right past where we were supposed to get off and started hiking back to where we started because uh, it makes one big loop. We're going to get off the loop. And yeah. then we started walking and she's like, this isn't right. After we like walked uphill for like half a mile. We're like, oh, great. 
wonderful. Yeah, and then we went back, and then she's like, I don't know where we're going. And then we're like, well, here's there's Orange Campus. We're going there now. And we did. We trailblazed, we trail and she was like the last one out of the woods. So we're like, we made it back to Orange Campus. Anyway, back to the Yagi Monsoon. So every Tuesday would like rain. Every It was every year like consistently. It would always rain on Tuesday, and it would pour. Now, it would pour to the degree that our, our campsite was flooded because we'd always get this campsite that was like right next to the lake, uh, which was really nice because we had this little like patch of sand, beach and property. That's a story I'm going to tell. That's okay. I have a second story. It's probably my story. And then I'll hand it up to someone else. Because there's, really fu- there's a really fun story that involves that beach. Um, basically, so it rained every single year. And so the thing that we would do is they would like cancel a lot of our merit badges because a lot of them were outside. Um, and so we'd hang out in our campsite and basically just take sticks and move all the pine needles out of the way. So all the water in our campsite flowed down the hill into the lake. Now you may think that's not a very fun operation, but like when we're like, if it comes to very much a, a whole troop operation, when it's like, all right, you guys are covering that area, we're covering this area, and we drain it, we try to drain out the entire, uh, but it's, you know, entire campsite, but it's it's coming down as fast as it's going back out. So it creates a nice little waterway across the beach, and everyone kind of manages their little point. That's kind of general of my story. Now for a truly interesting story. Now, I told this story um, at my Eagle Scout Court of Honor when I got like, when I basically graduated Boy Scouts, um, because it was what, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to wait, yeah, I'm a little ditty. What 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 Calista? Nerd. You're not even saying the full like word properly. You for nerd. No, I said nerd. Yeah, you I have, said nerd, and I know that you said that, which is why I was laughing in the first place. But it yeah. just sounded like nerd. yes. I respect the fact that I am a nerd. nerd. Uh, but I am proud of the, the, the 57 merit badges I was able to get in my years of Boy Scouting. I broke I broke troop records, so that's um. I'm proud of those things. But yes, I am a nerd. I've been a nerd for a long time. I self-identify as a nerd. Basically, back to this. So we were doing the communication in the world merit badge. Now we were doing it in our campsite. We had someone. I think our our leaders like got certified to teach the merit badge, and so we we're doing it in our campsite. We we're talking about different like nation nations and how like they would like interact. Um, so essentially, here's the story. So essentially, I don't even know, the year before, I think it was the year before, some, me and my friends had developed this, this society because, um, of course, we're just, you know, guys hanging out. So we called this thing, like the, we call it the Kowali tribe. I don't know where we came up with that. The whole thing was that um, you could only be in the tribe if you had, um, like, because you know, we're all nerds, you all have watches on. So you, you could only be in the tribe if you had, like, a little, little watch tan line thing going on because the middle of the summer. Um, and we also accepted people to our... our our society, if you could, like, take a little bottle cap and, like, make the little circle and be like, look, like, oh, cool, cool, cool. I don't know. It was cool at the time. Anyway, so there's this other group of people who did not want to be part of our little collective and wanted to make their own group. So they made their own group, and they hung out on the beach. And we wanted to go down to the beach and hang out, but they said, no, we now are in charge of the beach. Um, and so basically, one day, um, we headed down to the beach to talk to them about it, and they said, no, and, like, we're preparing for war. We're like, okay, great. So we, back up, we go back up to our, our cabin, our tent, and we're like, okay, well, we're gonna get, we got to gather our people together. So we got our people together. Then, like, the uh, like the SBL, the senior patrol leader who's in charge, like, the whole troop, um, went down to the beach to go see what was going on. Because, obviously, a big commotion going down. Right. And um, he goes down to talk to them. He <laughs> comes back up um, as we're coming back down. And we, somehow, they were on the beach. We made a semicircle around the beach and essentially just trapped them in. The only way out was the water. You can't go into the water. We literally surrounded them. It was pretty cool. It, it felt pretty cool. It was probably stupid. <laughs> But right. <laughs> it felt pretty cool, um, you know. But yes, it was probably some, you know it was probably stupid. But anyway, but so we go down there. We're about to go down there, and he's like, "Hey guys, there's got to be a peaceful way to solve this." And we're like, "No!" And then we charged the beach. An epic battle ensued. That was probably not that epic, but it felt pretty cool. Got that you know epic battle music playing in your head. Um, and then we ended up <laughs> having like this little ceasefire truce, and we signed like a little contract thing going on. It was pretty official. Um, that like. That they yeah that we could both share the beach and that neither one neither of us could use it for tribal activities. <laughs> Editor Jason here. I am looking currently at August eighth, twenty sixteen. I am looking at the official quality tribal records as documented in my phone by me. Um, this little squirmish, which we coined the Battle of Moses Beach, because we had found a nice log that floated, and so Moses um, took place on took place on the 11th of August in 2017 and is is illustrated out here beautifully written all down the Treaty of Moses Beach was that document that I just said we had signed anyway no it was, it was pretty cool it was pretty interesting because like 
are the person in charge of the quad trap signed it the person in charge of the other people signed it i think the sbl may have signed it it was this crazy thing and it probably it's one of those things that like it felt really epic at the time because we're like oh we do like democracy yeah. and stuff it probably was not that cool at all <laughs> um but it felt pretty cool oh yeah um, there's a lot of them oh yeah no those yeah it was it was it was a it was pretty epic um <laughs> at least at the time no and so that kind of became a little background thing it was kind of funky because i mentioned that at like my actual thing i put like in my little speech i'm like hey this is a fun little story that involves some things because it was kind of a little thing going on, but no, it's pretty cool. That's my little that's my little story from there. And there, Jason's back again. It's it's this long story about different tribes being created um, and trying to compete with us, and and how we went and did the entrepreneurship merit badge, and then made twenty thousand uh, dollars by investing in uranium, and just kind of a a record of all the activities that we did going to different campsites. We had apparently called something called the Battle of Bell Hill. That was a snowball fight. Um, which we said was the second battle of the Kuali Tribal War. I'm going to bring back the Kuali Tribal records um, in the form of a different podcast episode because there is some pretty funny stuff here ranging from 2016 to 2019. All sorts of insanity um, how this stuff went. I think that would make a nice podcast episode. So stay tuned for that in the future. Because it felt pretty cool to me. Nice. That is a good story. Thank you. Do you have any fun stories, Sid? I just have a couple yeah. of like. Sid's got. Sid, Sid would like to explain. Well, this, first, the before I go into the FOD story, ah, the because you story, brought up yes. childhood stories, I have a couple of childhood stories that I remember very distinctly. Back when I lived in Wisconsin, we had a fairly big house. There was a concrete porch in front of it, and then off to the side was mm. another like concrete slab where cars would park. Yeah. It was like in front of a garage. This first story involves the porch. Uh, when I was younger, we my family had a Bernice Mountain Dog, mm. which is a oh large God, dog. Dogs. Like if you don't know what a Bernice Mountain Dog looks like, go look it up. It would go. I'm so fluffy. I'm like five nine now, and it would probably come up to about my waist at this point. So it's a couple fluffy. feet. They're so fluffy. This dog, Belle, like, she was the sweetest dog. Uh, They always are. The big dogs are the nice ones. It was always, it was funny. We would try and, like, play fetch with her, and she would just lay down and look at you. Mm -hmm. Just like, yeah, go get it. Really? (laughs) And you'd be like, go. And she'd just be like, no. No. At the time, I was maybe a head taller than her. I don't remember how old I was. I'd probably say around like five, six, if I had to guess. My parents were like, hey, do you want to walk Belle? And I was like, yeah, because that'd be fun. And we had one of those leather leashes. Note, not one of those like retractable ones. Yeah. So they hook up the leash. They take uh, the dog and I outside. We're on the porch and... They're like, okay, go. And I start walking. I take one singular step. And this dog tries to book it and pulls me flat onto my face on the concrete. <laughs> like, oh usually God, she's such a calm brother. dog. She's so, like, she's sweet. Like, very protective of me. Yeah. I remember there was a point where my brother tried to, like, play wrestle me. And she, like, it was the only time I've ever seen her that energetic just being pulled flat on my face was fun yeah was her trying to get him off of me her name was she was she was the border collie i was gonna Mm. say did she have boots she was a black dog but she had a white patch on her chest she had a little one little like diamond on her forehead and all of her paws were white good i love that a good dog. She was like a border collie pit bull mix something like that that's cool she was she's honestly she was I think 80 pounds. Mm. She's the smallest dog I ever owned. Yeah. So when I think small dog, I think my dog boots. Like a More so in like a medium sized dog. She was like, she was like medium large ish. Mm-hmm. She wasn't quite large, but all the other ones are like larger, extra large. Extra so medium. There was a, <laughs> there was a period of time. Like when I first came home from the hospital, my mom used to say, um, my mom was the only one that was allowed to like, hold me touch me pick me up anything like that um and she also snapped at my grandfather once because we were like tossing like this you know a little rubber 
balls. Mm-hmm. Well, we would like toss it. I couldn't catch, obviously, because I was like a kid. But like, you ever just like bounce things off of a little kid's head? Because the just little kid thinks bonk. it's the funniest thing on the planet. <laughs> yes. Well, we were playing one of those games and I was laughing. Um, Boots did not think it was as fun of a game as I did or my grandfather and got in the middle and was and like growled at my grandfather. <laughs> it's the only time that she growled. Granddad's in trouble. Yep. <laughs> so this FOD story. Yeah, they, yeah. Hold on, I had other childhood stories. Yeah, tell how dare you try and force Sorry, the no, I'm not. Story. I wasn't sure how I far. Never mind. Jason is no. very interest, intrigued by the FOD story, though. Uh, no, no. Uh, never heard pl- the please story. proceed with your childhood <laughs> stories. I wasn't sure if you were cut <laughs> off. Electrocute myself uh, at the end of your childhood stories, please or in the middle of them. Don't electrocute yourself. Oh, I'm going to electrocute myself with Miles's shock therapy. Therapeutically. Yes. The next one I can think of. I was out on the like the slab of concrete, not on the porch. And I had a, like, a bubble maker set up. Like, you know, the, like, automatic one that just keeps on going. And I was going around. I was having a good old time popping some bubbles. And I'm just sitting out there by myself, just popping some bubbles. Calista is asking how many, how old uh, Sid's brother was. So that is, uh, Calista has put on her microphone, so. I mean, my, the middle brother was, like, on and off around. It was kind of, he was at that point where he was, he had a room still. Um, oh gosh, 14, 15-ish years, I think, because I think he's 30, he's around 35. My dumbass had this, this genius idea. I want to kick the bubbles, right? Uh, so I start, like, kicking the bubbles. There's a reason that I didn't play soccer. (laughs) I played soccer for one singular week at a Bible camp, and that is it. And there was a good reason why. So I keep on kicking these bubbles. I'm having a blast. And then there gets to be one that's probably about shoulder height. And I was like, I can get it. And I kick straight up at it, and I fall straight backwards. Another time. Half of me wants to say that this was like the same day or like this within the same time frame. Uh, I was riding my bike all nice and safe. It was, I had my helmet on. I'm just riding in circles, having a good time. You know, I'm just, I'm just vibing. And a, and a police car pulls into the driveway. And wonderful. I stopped instantly and I was like, oh God, did I, was I doing something wrong? Was I not being safe? Am I missing something? Is something happening to my family? And uh, the cops like gets out of the car. He starts starting to go like hey do you know why i'm stopped here like do you know why i'm here and i was no uh i have no idea what's going on and my parents both come out they're standing way back there on the porch and they're like what what did she do and then the cop goes you were riding your bike safely with a helmet on and he pulls out a mcdonald's coupon for (gasps) a free like cone I'm handing these out to kids that I see riding their bikes safely. Let's go. Like, Wonderful. <laughs> and that was, I think, my only interaction that I've really had with a cop. At least in a cop setting. <laughs> Callista. Oh, no. Not my only interaction <laughs> with a cop. The last time I got the cops called on me was 2020. For not wearing a mask, right? Yeah. Yeah, this may have come up before. I feel, I feel this has come up before on the podcast. Yeah. Ed or Jason here. I am 99% sure Calista has told the story on the podcast before. However, for the flow of conversation, I'm going to leave it in in a very abridged format. Because I think she may have added some new details to it, but I'm pretty sure you've heard the story before. Anyway, proceeding forward. It was the beginning of COVID, the full-blown panic. Masks were just starting to get enforced. We formed a pod, my house and the house down the street, who had um, one of my best friends growing up. Uh, Riley Um, she's gonna have my niece any day now I'm so excited Um, I can't wait to meet her it was Riley's family and living with Riley was at the time was her uh, for the sake of sanity basically her step her stepbrother um, who was about the same age as my little brother Zach when we watched the kids a lot of times we would take them on like a walk just around the neighborhood this Karen bitch head ass called the cops to complain about a disturbance in the neighborhood we weren't wearing masks or being safe and we were like coughing and spitting on people whole nine yards right 
the town police pulled up in the neighborhood and we're walking around and he goes, Hey, I got a call earlier. A few, uh, about a couple of people, a couple teenagers causing a ruckus, blah, 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 blah. Have you seen anybody? And we're like, no, we're the only ones that have been out for the past couple hours. Yeah. She called the cops on us because she used to go on walks around the neighborhood too without a mask. Huh. Um, Anytime we saw her, like, walking down the street, we would just, like, start fake hacking up along, <clears throat> sneezing whole nine yards. And she would, like, sometimes she would cross to the other side of the street. Um, other times she would just do a full, like, 180 and go back home. My first encounter with a cop, my mom was taking me to school and the car broke down. So I got to ride to school in a police car. because <laughs> nice. Because they, they gave us a ride to school i have an interesting story kind of kind of goes with that and then i'll get back over to sid i don't mean to deviate from go for it cool so the other night we had our fire drills in bethel and celentano um my cool thing was that i got to go so basically what we do um for fire drills in bethel at least is um the ra there's an ra pair for firefighters and because we have like the keys to the to go through all those suites and basically just let them into the suites and then we make sure that if the alarm goes off, we make sure that everyone's out of the building. Yeah. Um, and there's all sorts of little interesting things. It's like, what if they're taking a shower? And if you find someone who's like coming out of the shower, like what's going on? Fire alarm's going off. You're like, it's okay. You know, don't rush outside in a towel. We understand that you were taking a shower. Um, cause apparently the fire alarms are like at a certain frequency where they like penetrate noise canceling headphones, which yeah. I didn't know about. That's kind of cool. Hmm. Um, yeah. And so then basically once we finished our one, then we're like, hey, we're gonna go over and help people, and we're gonna go over and help with the fire drill in Celentano. And so I'm like, okay, cool. Um, and so I'm like, well, okay, because so I start walking over there. I'm like, I know the trek, I know the route. But then they're like, hey, you guys actually are gonna get to ride over from Bethel to Celentano in the fire truck. And I'm like, that's what <laughs> eight-year-old Jason wanted to do his entire life. Because we had this <laughs> thing in town um, called Tata Truck. I used to live, and this means nothing. <sighs> I, I know yeah, what you, you're you know about. you know touch I truck love those. and I was because really, we had touch truck where I where I lived because I moved to a different town when I was seven um and so we had touch truck in that town and we also had touch truck in the new town too so I'm like oh cool touch truck so you get to go like on a school bus before you like we're in like school bus age I'm like this is cool, cool, it's a school bus yeah they had like a police car there and like the, you know, the ambulance would be there um it had like like a I think it was like it maybe just like like literally like the the blood drive like trailer like but so you just like walk through it it was really cool. With my brother's autism, he always went through like different phases yeah. of like what he was like, what his hyper fixation was. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, it was trucks. Yeah. Because you get like sit in the police car, like, you know, and occasionally there's like a police officer there. You get to like hit the little button and go like, whoop, and like, oh, so cool. Or they have like a, like a, like a bulldozer or something like, so, like a construction equipment. You'd be like, oh, that's so cool. Anyway. um, So they're like, yeah, you get to ride in the fire truck. I'm like, that is awesome. I'm going to ride in the fire truck. Um, so we hopped in the back of the fire truck, um, kind of like in the little area, like where, not like in the front seats, but like in the back ones. And we get in there, and he, the firefighter turns on the the truck, um, and it starts beeping. And he's like, "You guys hear that sound?" And we're like, "Yeah." We're like so excited. He's like, "That means your seatbelts aren't buckled." And we're like, "Oh, sorry." <laughs> <laughs> um, so we buckled our seatbelts for safety, and then rode over from Bethel to Silentano. The thing is, we went like around past Dodds and Kaplan up into the library parking lot, and I'm like, "Okay, what are we gonna do? Go out like, onto Rudin Street, go around?" No, the walkway. Between the library parking lot and the back Sun Tunnel parking lot is wide enough for a fire truck. Hey. At least what that's that's what they thought because we went bump bump and we were on the sidewalk. We drove over the sidewalk into the back of Silentano. Um the back of the parking lot I mean. Yeah. Um and then we parked there and just kinda like unloaded. Everyone's like, Why are the fire trucks here? Um because people who were like walking out to their cars, like the firefighter would, like lower the window, he'd be like, You guys leave anytime soon? They'd be like, No, he's like, Great, I'm blocking you in. And then we parked there <laughs> and we went and and um, did that because apparently there's only four keys this building um, for all the rooms in this building five floors there's four keys to check the entire building so yep. I got to hold open an emergency exit door at the other end of the building from where we are right now um, your fire alarm is very smart it like talks to you it says like hello there's an emergency leave the building whoop whoop mm-hmm. whoop 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 um, we, we uh, watched it because we got tipped off so we just waited till it was over yeah they're relatively quick ish sometimes it was, sometimes it was longer i'm not just counting yeah. that because you had a bigger building yeah um yeah. And there's, so, there's so many more room, so many more rooms to check no that's that's the general gist of it all right back to sid <laughs> gotta love solentano gotta love it but yeah uh the fodge story which in hindsight this is a really stupid story 
However, this story and this happening is the reason that I avoided FOD for... Oh, God. I don't think I went again like months? until... Yeah, I was going to say junior year. I avoided it for like a year and a half. Whoa. So this is... It's freshman year, um, fairly early on into the year. Uh, where I was in Bixler, so uh, it's one of those halls. If you haven't been in Bixler, don't. It's, it's a trip. Um, it's all... It's communal bathrooms, just hallways... It, like rooms are fairly close together at mm. the beginning of the years um people would usually like prop their doors open just to go yeah. and say hi because you want to get along with the people on your floor you're seeing them constantly and this was also back when bixler was tripled still was it de-tripled when you guys first got here yep yeah we went down to yeah. just just one other roommate like we were the unlucky yeah. last ones that had to deal with bixler being tripled yeah. even though Ooh. it's definitely not supposed to be tripled that that has room for two people and two people only our room was one of the few rooms that had the beds debunked uh, and furniture was literally lining the entirety of the walls Oof. we were lucky there was space to walk in between and get to everything yikes but yeah anyways uh i went with one of my roommates and one of the uh guys from next door and was just like, hey, you want to go like get something to eat? Want to go like chat and stuff? And it was like, sure. All right, we go to FOD. It's pretty busy. We order our food. It takes um, maybe 45 minutes for their food to get there. I don't remember what they got. but 45 I, minutes? 45 minutes. It was really busy. Like it was oh, packed. Okay. It, I don't, I've never seen FOD that packed since. Mm. But that's probably also because of the whole covid pandemic yep the panoramic the panorama oh yeah but um it takes them like 45 minutes to get their food i ordered mac and cheese you would think that mac and cheese is fairly simple right it takes twice as long for me to get my food i'm sitting there waiting for another 45 minutes as my friends are sitting there like trying it's that awkward we want to wait for you to get your food but also i'm hungry but also i'm hungry and my food's getting cold so i was like oh great so that really sets the tone i'm hungry we've already been waiting for almost an hour really sets the mood Mm. finally hour and a half later the like the little buzzer thing goes off um i go up to get my food this looks mediocre at best like the cheese looked just gross. Mac and displeased over here. Oh I bet it still God. tasted better than your vanilla mac and cheese. Yeah, no, this is cursed mac it and did cheese. Not, it did not. Since they're making it, mac and cheese, and apparently it has, what, shredded? Is it, What is this cursed mac and cheese? Not to deviate from your mac and cheese story. My, okay, the most Sid of the time. Sid find milk? Yeah. <laughs> so Sid used vanilla oat milk. Yeah, usually what I do is I'll do um, milk and butter. And stir that all together once the butter's melted, make sure it's nice and even. And then I'll put, I'll shred cheese off the block because uh, I'm from Wisconsin. Doing anything less would be like misrepresenting myself. Uh, So I'll shred some cheese and I'll keep adding it in until it gets nice and like good texture for me. Texture tastes (laughs) tiny feel. Did you make mac and cheese? Close is dying already. Didn't you make mac and cheese with pastatina? Yes. That was cursed. Going back to the first cursed which yes i we ran out of regular milk so i'm like oh like i already started Keep in mind, this boil- is around like midnight when you started doing <laughs> this shit it wasn't that late i think it was close to, it was like 10 it was like 11 it was late enough people were still awake enough so i was like oh i already started like boiling my pasta that's a problem so i'm texting in the group chat i'm like hey does anybody have milk and people are like we don't have actual milk we have like we have half and half i don't think it would have i think it would have fine it's fine it's too late now so i was like we have oat milk in the fridge i'm sure that'll be fine too late i noticed that it is vanilla oat milk and i was like oh no but i'm adding it in and i was like why is this not normal milk colored (laughs) and that's how i knew i was in trouble but it wasn't half bad. Like once you get over this, like slightly sweet vanilla taste to it. No, <laughs> mac and cheese shouldn't taste sweet ever. 
It could have been worse. How? Oh, you could have used the pastatina. Pastatino, whatever that it thing is. It wasn't worse. Pastatino wasn't worse. The texture was worse. No, you could have used pastatino with your vanilla oat milk. That's how it could have been worse. Mm, that would have been fun. If you're like mm. me and you don't know what pastatino looks like, it looks like it grits. it's tiny pasta. Like, you know the little it stars? It tastes like grits. <laughs> you know the stars that come in chicken and star soup? It's that. Yeah, grits. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, we were you know in the store. Are? Yes, I do oh, know okay. what grits are. But we were all at the store and... Uh, oh, someone else had picked up pasta and I saw the pastatina and I was like, you know what would be funny? I can make mac and cheese out of this. That's what I thought going to buy it. Making the entire box of pastatina was not my smartest move. I was struggling the whole time to try and make sure that nothing boiled. You can't see the look on Callista's face right now, but I can't. And I'm fear. It's quite similar to her look when we played the Wii themes to her. When she's just like... <laughs> Like, not moving, not doing anything, but you can see the hatred and detest behind those eyes. Dear listeners, if you have nothing better to do with your time, go look up the Wii theme, but it was made by a six-year-old. And just sit back, relax, get a bag of popcorn, get a soda. We're getting close to our time, but not all the way there. Right? I basically, it's it's homecoming this weekend. It is. Um, so Jason's got to go be on duty for four hours. Um, from, from 10 to 2 a.m. before we have marching band tomorrow, our homecoming show and graduation. Last senior shows, recognition. Senior recognition. So we'll be recognizing drum major Sid. Hello. Among others. The end of the um, of the scheduled marching band. Yes, sessions. indeed. That you we guys could, have been a lot. Yeah, you guys have been along for the ride all the way since band camp, and that feels yeah. like a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, we have time for another story or two. I gotta leave in like 28 minutes, but Did so I we, ever we can we can kind of finish my story. Yes, no, yes, please finish your story. I do apologize. So please, <laughs> oh, finish your story. So off track. Oh, the FOD yeah, pasta back, back, story. Right, yes. back, back to FOD so mac and cheese. The mac and cheese itself was like mediocre looking. I was like, I waited a, an hour and a half for this. Wonderful. So I go and I sit back down with my friends who have now pretty much finished eating. And I'm starting to eat my pasta. This is some nice album noodles. You know, that's a classic. And then I see it. Within this sea of elbows, a singular penne noodle in my mac and cheese. Unacceptable. And I was like, bro, I, it's busy here. So I'm already, I'm tired of this social interaction. I've been waiting for an hour and a half for my mediocre mac and cheese. It already looks like garbage and it tastes, <laughs> it's tolerable to the taste make mac and cheese up here and then there's the singular penne noodle i can't do this i can't do it like i'm done i'm not and that alone was the reason that i did not go to fod for a year and a half afterwards but also no you're right like i cannot be like i have a i have almost an empty box of rigatoni i have almost an empty box of penne i cannot combine them it must be matching pasta throughout um (laughs) Y'all have never been broke. Well, no, no, no. I mean, like, no. I mean, it's in like I do it. But I'm like, uh, two different shapes. The lack of consistency. It's geometry. It's art. No, I mean, I do it. I'm just, I, I do. I, it. I feel like I don't know. I don't know why. It's like this thing where I'm like, oh no. I love that with the talking about shapes. My brain just. Have you ever seen the video where it's the you're sorting the shapes into the bucket? Mm. And it has a, hey, look close, at this close, square close, piece. Close, where close do you think sleepy. it goes? It goes in the square hole. It's like, yay! And what about this rectangular piece? It can also it go in the square hole. It goes in the square hole. And it's like, okay. What about this circle? It goes in the square hole. Goes in the square hole. And they, and they get like a little, little like little semicircle piece. Like, where do you think this one goes? And it goes in the square <laughs> hole, like sideways. You twist it through and you're like, ugh. No! There was one time uh, my friend and I uh, cross-dressed to sneak into the men's locker room. Oh, oh, you mentioned this before, and I was before I was just like, oh no. <laughs> you have ten minutes tops. Go. Uh, my friend uh, Yada and I back in high school. This was like I want to say, yeah, this was our senior year. Um, we did this thing called UD Band Day, hmm. which um, is hosted by University of Delaware UD. You don't? Shut the fuck up. It is UD. <laughs> you want to agree with the rapist? Moving on. Anyway, 
we were at uh, UD, and UD Band Day is um, all the high schools in the states. Their marching bands are uh, invited up for um, this Band Day thing, where you get to uh, sight read and uh, perform with um, the marching hands. We have something similar for their back back back, show. back back at my high school. I mean, not here. Yeah, yeah, for their halftime show, and we um, we you get to watch the football game in the whole nine yards. Um, they were going against just, Albany. Just nine yards or the whole hundred yards? Close to Hastings, please proceed. Just we so were, yeah. who, uh, UD was going against Albany, uh, and we were, my friend Yada and I, we had just finished getting our food. Um, we finished eating, so we were just kind of chilling, drinking hot chocolate. And, um, we were close to the men's locker room, so we saw a lot of very well-built football men and very good looking football men coming in and out of the locker room most of them did not have shirts on so what were yada and i doing in our horny prepubescent high school selves looking at the men that day um we were both wearing kind of like sweats um we we very like traditionally manly clothes um except for me because my boobs are huge you can always tell i'm a girl um but i was wearing a kind of baggy sweatshirt and we had we both had um beanies we got this genius idea of what if we snuck in and we get front row seats to the gun show Clissa's looking longingly off into the distance. <laughs> we uh, flipped our uh, She's hair thing. up and threw the beanies on our hair to give us like fuckboy bangs or whatever. Yada and I were about halfway out the gate following along a group, following behind a group of people heading into the locker room. And our friend Avery um, literally screamed. And Avery, um, this is funny because Avery not usually big talker um pretty quiet well-mannered that kind of stuff you hear avery because avery was about halfway down the other side under the bleachers our band director was about 10 feet from us and um this is after we like jokingly said to avery like we're gonna do it and avery was like you're not gonna be able to do it well when we were about to do it because we were able to do it because it turned into a well, now we have to to prove you wrong and to prove other people wrong. All we hear is Avery in like the loudest voice I have ever heard them use and will ever hear them use. What the fuck are you two doing? Yada and I literally looked at each other and then we went an opposite direction, put our heads down. Our band director looked at us like, what the fuck? Like, what's going on? Yeah, that's how we almost snuck into the boys <laughs> locker room at UD. Did you get into any trouble for this? No. So the band director saw this. The band director was in line for food and saw nothing <laughs> and was just really confused as to why we were running away. Let's see. I'll do one little. I I have one little tale, one kind of little generalized tale. So one thing I'm going to mention, and that is Homeless Awareness Weekend, uh, the thing that I used to do. I have a hat for it. It's in my jacket for cold weather times. You'll probably see me wearing it. Homeless Awareness Weekend is this event that my church holds every single year where we, um, for one weekend in November, sleep out in cardboard boxes in the back of our church and then panhandle for homeless awareness. Not, not no, I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not done. I know you guys, I know exactly, I know, I know what you're building. I know what you're this building. This is interesting. Yes, and it's not a, I know what you're building and let me finish my thing. No, I'm not judging. I'm okay. trying yeah. to process It's not, it's not, it's not white people doing things for stupid, like, it's. To, to look empathetic. Yeah. No, that's not what it is. It is, I mean, I, and I'm about to say this to be like, it's actually a good thing for the community because we, because we do it, raise our we go in, we do, we go on like a trip and go help. At like, I think it's like soup kitchens or like local things as well. And we also have like a speaker who like is or was homeless who comes in and talks about like the things it's, it's not a white man's burden event. I'm leading into this and I'm suddenly losing all confidence in the way you're looking at me, but I found it to be like a very eye opening experience. And that's why it's one of my things and that's what i'm trying to say but i think it's really interesting because it's, like, it's a very it's an eye-opening thing it's always very interesting and i would look forward to it every single year because we get to like set up all of our little things and it would, it would be it would be very interesting kind of hang out by the fire and just kind of talk about things and talk to the speaker and, and there's this thing where we like have like an opening like service for it and then because we live in like, like 
two other churches from the area over to like have our little opening thing. Yeah. And then we had so much like extra bread from communion that we just ate all of it at the end of it. And we're like, we're binging communion. We're good for three years. That's the kind of little youth group things. Yeah, we're like, we're going to eat all this communion bread and then we'll be good for, we, we're, we're all set up. We're, we have stocked up on communion bread. We're good to go. Um, that's not the rude my story. It is, however, a lie. Not the event. The event happens as I've described it. But I fell so hard onto the back foot when I started talking about this with Calista and Sid that I kind of skipped right over the root of my problem. Homeless Awareness Weekend happens every single year I mean, and continues to happen, and I really enjoy the event. It's Like I mentioned, it's a really eye-opening event. We do panhandling and shifts, and we make it very clear in our signs that it's not, we're not homeless, but we're trying to raise awareness for it. Um, and just really kind of get out into the community, and it's, it's very... I mean, I've never seen the exact numbers for it, specifically. However... Um, these events, doing these things over all the years, prompted me last year to write an essay on homelessness um, and how it could be helped. Um, so I really think it had a really large impact on me, and it was just really fun because we said we sleep out, we sleep out, we panhandle, we go and go thrift shopping, and we'd always make an outfit for our pastor to wear on Sunday morning, and that just be like, hey, you know, oftentimes it doesn't take much if you need to give someone help, you know, just need to get them on their feet and. We talk a lot about the ways that like how people could become homeless and how it may not be the ways that many people think. It could just be hard times that just need someone to just give them a little, you know, help them out a little bit, just get them back on their feet. And I think that what I was really trying to touch on here is just the real like effect that this event kind of has on it and how important it is to me and how often college students will come back to tend the fires when the high schoolers um, go to sleep for the night and how I was really excited to go back and do that. But unfortunately, we're having an RA event the next morning and it's not physically possible in time space for me to go to it this year but maybe some other time maybe next year so i said it's really event that i really really do enjoy um but now jason of the past will lead into a secondary b subplot story um because he was too nervous to say all these things with confidence let's get back to it the real story is the um sleep deprived chats that we had during homeless Rams weekend because the first two weeks, times i did it it was too cold on the first night to sleep out so we slept inside the church building instead and for some reason once again just guys hanging out in the most tired things can't wear this thing we discovered that um pants right when they're in their folded state in a drawer they don't have anything but when you're wearing pants the pants are holding the shape of your legs and so we call that like the pants are legging now when you take off the pants it's like de-legging the pants i know it's a really wacky conversation but it made so much sense when we're doing it my personal contribution i mentioned before on the podcast i think is um cutting off the sleeves of a sweater as an investment I thought that was the funniest thing. Sid doesn't like that. But there's there's, there's things where like, can pants self-leg without legs in them? He's going to be a girl dad. Can pants self-leg? only going to have daughters. Pants can self-leg. He's only going to have daughters. Anyway, so that's the first thing. The year after that, we added to it more um, and added a bunch of other things, which include, um, quote, it's kind of like a quote list, but the quote list turned into um, names of bands and their songs. So people would like say a funny little quote, be like, "Oh, that's a song for the band." So I will now read from the list I have in my phone of the oh bands. Oh boy! So we have the first band we have is called the Christian Astronauts. They play indie punk music. Um, some of their uh, their their songs are "Cinched Pants," "A Churchy Circle," uh, and "We Are All Childless Men." These are all quote list things. We have one of the favorite, one of the first bands that came to the list called Jesus in the Attic. They're a big band, audio adrenaline band that plays "Under the Blue," "Triceratops." Pen gloves and keys in my pocket, and there's a there's a lot more where those ones came from, including service to call, cold metal chairs, driven to the wilderness, who is an alt folk band, uh, sporadic slow, brought near, steaming nines, inaudible carrots, flicky sheets, and the sand hantizers, cookie and the snacks, the sat traps they play jazz. Their songs are efficient nonsense, masking you a question, post uh, post den and stopping J Town. Anyway, there's a lot of fun things. Oh, consecutive boys. That's a Christian boy band we came up with. Anyway, How many consecutive boys? I don't know. They're just consecutive boys. I will come back to this list later because a lot of other funny <laughs> things on here. Um, I think it's really interesting because they're just, they're just stupid little... It's like making a quote list, but then like those are all bands and they have cool songs. I think that about closes us out no, pretty that, close too. Uh, yeah, I think that That was a solid episode. A. As always, another solid episode. Um, so yeah, I got to pack up all my things, get back to do do duty in Bethel overnight. Uh, Shout out to R.I. Jason, who's probably editing. Uh, shout out to editor R.I. Jason, who's probably editing this right now on duty. So hi, Jason. Hi, Jason. I didn't even get this far. Um, by about 1 a.m., I had reached about the 25-minute mark, and I just could not go any farther. So this is editor Jason, um, a little bit later, finishing the project. Hope you enjoyed the episode with 
Costa, Sid, and myself, and our inserts from Jesse, Amanda, and a story of Ella. Uh, very quality episode today. Mm-hmm. We will see you all next week because we're going beyond 10 episodes because we're so cool now. Yep. Um, yes. As we push forward through November, um, all the way up to Christmas vacation, holiday break, uh, where we will take some time away and then return in February again. And I won't. And Sid will not. Sid will not. Ha <laughs> We'll have to have... Well, not in person anyway. Not in person anyway. I, I Maybe th- one yeah. time. Yeah. Depending. Stay tuned for more uh, CFNC. And don't forget to check us out on our Instagram mm-hmm. at CFNC Podcast. Podcast. Check out our YouTube channel. Our we YouTube got a, channel a video as there. well. Uh, pretty soon, go watch, watch Mike the Drum Majors. And we got we to do another neighborhood watch at some point because things are going we down. Do. Um, I think it's in the schedule for... Um, the season five premiere, so like the beginning of stuff. Is our course station the eighth for marching band? Is it early? Uh, special pop Top. is yep. early. Eighth. Okay, good. Thank you for giving me confidence in that because I've, o- I've been operating underneath yeah, that. Yeah, seniors are the seventh. If yeah. you're a senior in credit, like if you got your um, pin number and it doesn't start with a one, you're a s- you're counted as a senior. And okay. you I think my pin number seven. starts with a one. Uh, yeah, my pin number is. Uh, I'm gonna just quickly drop my social. Um, no. Six, seven, five, nine. <laughs> uh, go call Jenny. I guess. See you guys next time. There we go. It's playing uh, the We All Star one. Only to me though. Somebody. So much. This Don't stop coming and they don't stop coming. Oh, maybe I'll keep this in too. I don't know. We'll see. Bye. <laughs>